Welcome back to Bar Down Breakdown. I am finally your host again at Yesman Outfitters. You got your boy live from the hive at Mikey CLT, Hawaiian Rhyme. We're back, buddy. Yeah, dude. I thought I was hearing things, but it's so nice to hear your voice again. I'm glad you survived the holidays. And uh, we're going to be rocking 2020, man. I, I sent you a picture of uh, yeah. some of the guests we have lined up for 2020. So all of you should be super excited. Yeah, it's insane. Uh, the list goes on and on and on. And it's super duper comforting to know that like once you get a lot of work done, like I did got so many orders out over um, over the holidays, like and I don't even have time to like pause and take a break. I'm just going to go right back into podcasting. So it's a great feeling. Uh, <laughs> that was a joke. No, I love it. I love doing the podcast. I hated that I couldn't do the podcast for a couple weeks there. I missed it. Listened to every episode. You held it down. Everybody that helped out, I want to thank. Um, that was huge. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it's just uh, it's a great feeling knowing that your buddies have your back. Yeah, man. You know, it, it. I had my two best friends fill in, and that's what best friends are for. And, uh, you know, I, I mentioned it on the podcast, but that's kind of what has kept my, my friendship with those guys so strong o- over all the years. Like, even though we don't live together, it's always hockey and music that brings us back together. So it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it's good to have something to talk about, um, share with people. Uh, uh, there's always shows that, that you went to or, um, games that happen that you have something to talk about. So this is kind of our outlet to do that with a bunch of new people too, not just our old friends. And, and that's been awesome. It's been an awesome response last year when we started this, um, we thought it was kind of a pretty good idea considering the amount of, um, crossover there is we talk about it all the time and there has been a great response we're gonna keep it up mikey has killed it like he's killed everything else that he's that he's worked on in his past mikey's killed it on getting some new uh fresh uh interviews and you guys are gonna be excited um or you should be excited uh, as they start rolling out here and we got a real good one coming for you unfortunately i was not able to be on this interview um, but we got Tay Ewart from Lake Pacific, and Mikey held it down with the Toronto fan himself. Dude, I freaking love this band, so it was so awesome to get to talk with Tay, and uh, I really loved the the um, perspective that we got of him playing juniors in Canada, because that's just so foreign to people in the United States. Like, I don't know many Americans that play juniors to begin with in Canada. And then, like, personally, like, talking with any of them, that never has happened. So it was really cool to talk to someone that really played such a high level of competitive hockey and hear his perspective, and uh, it was awesome. Yeah, because that's an awesome network, too. I mean, there's um, so many guys, when you get into those levels of of the sport, um, it, it really turns into a brotherhood that you know, you meet, you know, you meet and, and you keep relationships with so many people. So I'm sure, uh, he has some great insight and knowledge into some of the people that are 
probably playing at the league level right now. Yeah, um, he, he mentioned the few. It was pretty cool. Like, uh, yeah. they're, they're lower-level names that I wasn't too familiar with, but it's still just cool that people that he had on his team and people that he played against are playing in the show. Yeah. I mean, even, um, you know, we saw with uh, Morasti and, like, things that I've noticed is, like, Bizonette has brought up Morasti twice on Spit and Chicklets. So it's not um, – it's not like any of these guys snob each other. I mean, there's a certain level and juniors is kind of it, like where you meet all these guys and even if they don't make the show, like they still um they still can provide or shed great insight on, on each other and, and still have that relationship. So um you guys are in for a good one. I listened to the raw audio and I know. <laughs> yeah, man. So I guess let's just get right to it. So uh this is our interview with Tay Ewart of Light Pacific. Enjoy. Carry to my knees. I hope you find some sort of pace in spite of me. to get in mine. And we're back in the box with Mr. Tay Ewart. He's, uh, from the band Like Pacific, not Amber Pacific. <laughs> Two different bands. Uh, but uh, Like Pacific is awesome. Uh, they're uh, um, hanging with our boys on, on Pure Noise Records. Um, totally awesome, sweet band. We're super pumped to have you on the show, chatting hockey and music with us. So, Tay, what's going on, man? Hey, man. I'm, uh, I'm good. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. So is that the first time you heard someone <laughs> mention Amber Pacific? Um, no, I actually, I know, like, <laughs> I know one song by them, like, way back in the day, that was like a, like a MySpace song, you know, when you used to be able to, like, put the song, like, your, your one song on your page. Oh, yeah. I, I, I feel like that, I just, everyone had one song by them, I forget what it was, but, um, so that's how I know that name. But yeah, I, I know some people uh, bring that up. I, I did not have anything to do with naming uh, my band, so... Um, I will not take the heat for that. So, like, I I just think of Amber Pacific as like the Hollister and and like American Eagle and like that whole genre of clothing. Yeah. And yeah, I feel that when when you guys like started picking up heat, like when you first started getting like you know recognized and whatnot, and especially here in the states, I was like, man, that band is still making music, and it like <laughs> I kind of like wrote you guys off for a little while and then like um jordan was on the lead singer syndrome podcast podcast with uh shane told and that's that's when i was like oh wait that's a totally different band and they're (laughs) fucking awesome 
<laughs> Fair enough. Well, thank, thanks for that. Um, I, I'm glad you, you uh, figured out the difference there. Yeah. Um, I, I think people, yeah, people have that, uh, that confusion. I've, I've heard it before, so I wouldn't feel so bad about it. <laughs> All right. Good. Cause you're definitely uh way cooler than they ever were. So <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Yeah. And I, I never actually got into the, the whole Hollister pop collar thing. So oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Glad. That yeah. that was a terrible time, man. Like I lived yeah, through was... that. It was awful. Oh, Listen, yeah, man, you, you, you guys forget that like Kenny from the starting line used to wear puka shell necklaces, <laughs> you know? And like, they were one of the probably most important bands in terms of like, sort of, you know, bringing this, kind and culture of music you know into the the stratosphere and my man wore puka shell necklaces he did you know and uh you know what i'm saying is we should probably bring puka shell necklaces back you know <laughs> you, started, I mean. you started you <laughs> started i don't know man I, you, you need a lot of puka shells to get around my my big thick neck you need like like a whole ocean of puka shells <laughs> I mean, so, cool, uh, people, uh, cool people do uh, get caught up in bad trends, though, you know? So I, I don't know about the, the whole puka shell thing. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, I don't know if you've seen, like, women's fashion these days, but, like, the the high-waisted jeans and, like, the um, the platform shoes that girls are wearing. Yeah. That, that came back, and that was hideous. It, so, God, I hope the pop collars and puka shells don't come back. <laughs> You're not wrong, man. I, I remember people used to wear, like, the pop collar thing, the puka shells, and like flip flops on stage too, right? Oh like yeah, that was definitely that was a thing. That was sure. Kenny from Starting Line, dude. Yeah, <laughs> not great, man. And they used to layer their collared shirts, so like one popped collar collared shirt wasn't enough that they would have to wear two collared shirts. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. Right? What was everyone thinking? Yep, you, we we've definitely lived through some uh, weird trends. I feel like right now is probably the like most normal band dudes has have ever looked in my life, my lifetime. Yeah, you might be right with that. Just like flannels and black pants kind of thing. It's just like yeah, exactly. Let's like, all, let's totally all keep normal. it simple. Yeah. Well, well you like know what it is. You know what it is too. With the way, with the way, and the the frequency that bands are touring these days too. I mean, like, I feel like a lot of bands don't have the opportunity to like dressed to the nines because you know they're doing 28 shows in 28 days so it's like yeah i'm wearing this t-shirt that i've worn for like nine days and, I, and I, I smell like death but like i'm here to play for you guys you know so it's like sometimes you just gotta you know either get to the laundromat or just do what you gotta do totally yeah you kind of just gotta make do you're, yeah you're not gonna see like um like my chemical romance type bands like dressing up and and makeup and all that stuff before every gig anymore like very rarely at least unless you're already like a huge fan yeah exactly and it's just part of like your ethos that like you know your, your fans are looking for but yeah like that that kind of stuff is just like i it's it's just it's passe but it's mostly because like i said it's just like you know it, it's not like you know these bands that went on these arena tours that you know lasted six months and they played 40 shows you know it's like a whole different ball game in, in rock music right now where it's just like we got to go on as many dates as we can we got to go to as many cities as we can and catch as many markets as we can and you know you end up playing 250 shows in a year and it's just like what do you really have time for like certainly not makeup but like do you have time to like shave or like eat or breathe so 
But, you know, on the other side of the coin, as a fan, you know, I, I can't tell you how much we appreciate, you know, sticking your neck out there because, you know, you could be doing a hundred other things, a million other things, but, you know, being out there and, and playing shows for fans and, and, you know, enjoying the adulation and just kind of being out there. I mean, you know, we tremendously appreciate that you're doing that. So it's awesome. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll take that uh, on behalf of all all people in bands right now. Yeah. It's like, it's, it all just comes down to like having fun, right? Like it's of sometimes course, yeah. it, it, it sucks to be away for, for so long, but like uh, just playing every night, like it doesn't matter like how bad the day was or you don't have time for the makeup in the day, but sure, you play yeah. a show at night, you play the show at night and it just kind of like makes it all fine and it just makes it fun again. So it's like, to, I mean, to me, like I, I would tour forever. Like I, I love it. So, um i know not everyone uh is of the same mindset but sure yeah sure. i think it's uh i think it's the most fun in the world so yeah i definitely appreciate that i can i can do it you know yeah absolutely and i mean maybe part of me is just old and jaded because like i'm you know i'm 32 and like i never had the opportunity to to you know be in a touring band and and do that and that's something that i wanted to do for so so long it really was but you know, I guess part of me looks at it from the pragmatic kind of edge of, oh, well, you know, how realistic is this? But I kind of get lost and lose the fact that, like, I mean, you guys are doing it because you love each other and you love the music you created and you just want to have fun playing it. So, you know, my bad for for kind of shelling over that because I, I definitely shouldn't. So um, but uh, it, it is uh, it is an awesome thing. But uh, so as far as, you know, your, the, the new record is concerned, obviously, um, you know, in, in spite of me, uh, I think you guys put that out in 2018, was it? Uh, yeah, uh, I think July 2018. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I know that, you know, just listening to the record, it's an awesome record and reading, you know, a bunch of different reviews on it and seeing how people have just been glowing about it. It's it's definitely, um, you know, it has some accolades out there. And, you know, I guess the, the word sophomore slump means absolutely nothing to you guys, which is awesome. So, uh, you know, just I guess just to give a little bit of insight, um, on the process for for creating in spite of me um you know how that went for you guys how the songs came together the whole process of of creating you know creating this piece of art you know like how was it how was that experience for you yeah so uh i guess it was uh summer of 2017 we uh we started getting together and um kind of like me greg and luke uh, the two guitar players in the band um mm -hmm just coming in my basement, just like it was high school again, kind of thing. And, uh, uh, I think we wrote probably eight songs, um, just the three of us. Um, and then we had Jordan come in and, and, uh, uh, showed them to him and stuff. Uh, Jordan's our singer, if you don't know. Um, sure. and, uh, so we, we did that. We had about seven or eight songs and then we actually went to, um, Alan Day from four years strong. We went to, uh, uh, Massachusetts to work with him sweet yeah so we did uh pre-pro um for a couple weeks there mm -hmm. he kind of just uh we showed him the songs and he kind of helped us mold them uh some of our wacky ideas and kind of um shaped them into to, to full songs or whatever um i think we we ended there with seven of the songs that are on the record and then we had one extra song that was like this weird soft song that no one ever heard but i hope <laughs> someone will get to hear one day because it's sweet yeah of course um and then uh we took it to uh uh our buddy Derek Hoffman in Toronto who's uh 
he's done a lot of stuff. He, um, he's done like Stick to Your Guns, Boys uh, Night Out, um, it's Last Silverstein Records, stuff like that. Sweet. Um, but we've known him since uh, like probably 12 years ago. I don't, uh, he played a brand, a band called Brighter Brightest. Um, they were uh, like a pop, pop rock, pop punk band from, uh, from Aurora, Ontario. Okay. And, uh, me and Luca from Newmarket, Ontario, just like the the town over. So mm-hmm. we we played like local shows with him back in the day. Um, and he's now this like he's so talented and he's like this crazy producer now. So uh, we took all those songs and wrote a couple more uh, in Toronto. And uh, yeah, so he produced it and uh, uh, we finished it in Toronto uh, in 20, 2017. And then uh, it took like a year to come out, which uh, was a long wait, <laughs> but. Uh, finally came out and yeah it was uh it was, that was my first um time working with like or like writing with like pacific um, sure I, I came in right after the the first record came out okay um so yeah all in all it was like it was an awesome experience it was very uh um everyone was working together um very collaborative uh it was yeah it was awesome and i, I love the record i love the way it turned out so yeah awesome. basically inspired me yeah sweet and uh and pure noise ended up putting in spite of me out right yep and um for 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 lack of not knowing i know that the record you guys did just before that uh was that something that pure noise did did with you guys as well yeah so it was uh they've done uh their the self-titled ep in uh, 2015 and then like you asked uh the their first full length um in 2016 uh both pure noise yeah okay awesome awesome and uh so I guess looking looking forward to to 2020, and I you know I know when when bands got stuff in the works, sometimes they can't divulge too much about it. But just gonna ask, I mean, so what's kind of on the horizon for for like Pacific now? You know, what's happening in terms of new music? You know, is there anything that's concrete yet, or is it all still kind of in the formative process? What do you guys got going on for for this year coming? Yeah, so it's yeah nothing concrete, unfortunately. Um, uh but we have started the writing process we've we de- demoed two songs so far okay um, so it's, it's a start um and i think we're uh uh we've been talking to our management and stuff on on figuring out uh, uh an actual time to block off to uh to record the new record so um we're we're kind of continuously writing right now and um mm-hmm. we're gonna try to get you know up to like 15 songs or everything cut Sweet. it down and then uh, we'll get in the studio and hopefully hopefully by the end of this year um we'll have another record out so that's the goal excellent yeah we're definitely looking forward to that and then uh as far as you know the the new stuff that you you have coming out i mean is there uh anyone that you're looking to to record with like do you have any like kind of white whales that, that you'd love to get in the studio with anyone particularly that like you're just kind of chomping at the bit like man i'd love to work with this guy um I mean, we we love Derek. We we we'd probably uh, go write some songs with him again. Um, Sweet. I, we we did we did these two demos with uh, Sam Guyana, who's our buddy, and uh, he did uh, "Distant Like You Asked." So okay, we kind of went uh, went back to him and uh, um, did those two demos. So I th- I think we'll be doing the record with him. Um, like I said, nothing's concrete. Um, but yeah, he's he's an awesome guy and uh, he's got great ideas and he's also a drummer. So it's uh it's cool to work with him and. Uh, figure stuff out like that sweet awesome man so like the toronto like pop punk scenes blowing up at this time it do you do you think it's because of the uh producers that are in toronto and call toronto home 
Um, I, yeah, maybe. Yeah, because because uh, yeah, Derek does a lot. Uh, Sam does a lot, and there's another guy, Anton Delos, who does a lot. Um, I know like Seaway, us and Bearings, basically have all worked with. I think all three of those guys. So um, we and it's it's funny because we all have like, I guess we we can we're kind of like the three pop punk bands that are, like are out of Toronto right now. Um, uh, and they're all our, our friends and we all have like a distinct style. We're kind of like different styles of pop punk, if that's even a thing. But but um, I don't know about that because I saw you rocking a turtleneck and that's Dougie's style. Oh, dude, <laughs> I'm going to see Dougie in two days. So I'll uh, I'll have to fight him about that. But uh, yeah, I, I <laughs> backstory on that. That was like nine dollars at a store. And I was like, uh, we're we're gonna wear some weird stuff for the holiday show, so this looks like a candy cane, and I gotta wear it, I guess. So. <laughs> but yeah, Doug Doug rocks the turtlenecks for sure. Yeah, um, I I kept I, joking with him that he was pulling like the Alexa Yashin look. <laughs> yeah, the like fake neck guard thing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, love that. Yeah, it's yeah. cool, and and like it's so funny that like pop punk is killing it in Toronto right now, and you guys are all on Pure Noise Records. It's like when we talked with Jake, I was like, dude, what's like your connection? Do you just like have like secret Intel on all these like up and coming Toronto bands? <laughs> but, yeah. I don't, I don't know what that is either, man. Like, uh, uh, I think he's, uh, I think he's half Canadian. Yes. He know. did. Did, he did, say, did that. You say that? Yep. Okay. Yeah. So I think he's got a soft spot for, for Toronto. Um, and I think just, uh, us and Seaway have been like friends for a long time. And Barings used to like they're a little young. Well, Doug's my age, I think. But um, he they used to open, I think, for like both of us, like when we would go to Ottawa and stuff. So we became friends with them. And I think just through kind of connection and and Pure Noise being aware of of us, like all three of us, kind of found our way to Pure Noise, which is it's really cool that they like support Canadian artists like that. So yeah, because you were saying it was it it's kind of expensive to get Canadian bands over to the states and. I didn't know that that was really a thing. Yeah, well, there's like a visa thing we have to get because, um, like, technically we're working in the states, right? So um, it's harder now. It's it's gone. It's gotten more expensive. Um, you have to. So the way we have to do it is kind of we have to sign up for our, like a music union, like a working union, and then uh, apply for visas through that. So we have to we have to pay like the union dues and then the visa price on top of that. So that's like the main uh, expense on top of just being able to tour. But uh, I know American bands are supposed to get visas to come here, but I think it's just like <laughs> Canadians just like let them in and like they <laughs> never ask. So I think that's like a, a I mean, because at the end of the day, you want artists to be able to come play in your, in your country, right? So, yeah, of course. Yeah. Because it just it helps everyone, right? So I I think that's why like Canada kind of just like swipes <laughs> under the rug. I mean I've heard horror stories of them uh, not being chill at the border, but they you, you all don't need visas, so that's I would take that. <laughs> and and how does it work with like your album getting like certified gold and platinum in in Canada? It's a lot less, right? Uh, I think so. I don't actually know the numbers. Um, Exactly, but I think it is less, yeah. Cause like, I, I don't know if that ha just happens to do with, like, because there's less people in Canada. I'm not sure. 
Okay, th- that makes sense. Because I, I know that, like, Pierce the Veil just announced that, like, one of their songs went platinum. And, like, here it's one million copies sold. So, oh, true. Just, yeah, it's probably I was curious really about that. Because I'm, I'm sure then, like, Dallas Green's, like, multi platinum in Canada. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, he's probably one of the only people in our sort of scene that uh, has reached those levels. <laughs> but now he he's. Does he run around like the Toronto music scene? Um, I've seen him one time. We opened for uh, a band called Monine. Um, earlier. Yo, I love Monine. Do you? Hell yeah, that's sick. Love um, Monine. Yeah, so they came back and did a couple shows last January, actually. So I guess it was like a year ago now. But uh, uh, we opened and Dallas came out and watched and he was hanging out backstage and stuff. So that was kind I of think- like, sorry, go ahead. No, I was gonna. I was actually just gonna say. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I think I saw like a video of it, uh, Monine doing one of their comeback shows, and then Dallas coming out and singing "Tonight I'm Gone" with them. Um, you, I don't know if yeah, that was. Right. Yeah, and and I mean, and that's awesome. And it's funny because, um, you know, just like obviously, like some some of these like you know obviously newer like pop punk like Canadian bands that are coming out are awesome. But like for me, like I always harken back to like some of the like other Canadian bands that I loved, like. Uh, I mean, I was a huge Monine fan, a huge Boys Night Out fan, a big, you know, Alexis and Fire fan. And um, I think that band Faster Faster, which is like a blast from the past, they were from Canada and uh, the Full Blast are from Canada too. So like all these bands that like, you know, I love from, you know, days past, um, but it's awesome to, you know, hear those names getting brought up and that you guys, you know, got to play with them, which is, which is super rad. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's sick that you know all those bands. That's, <laughs> that's really awesome. Um... But yeah, it was that was definitely they they played like three shows I think so we just did one of them but um, yeah that was definitely a cool experience uh, I don't think it was a good thing in the end but I don't think many people knew who we were <laughs> when we played that that show mm-hmm. um, yeah. so because it, it was like an older crowd obviously um, yeah. even though it's like our our home city uh, in Toronto but um, so it was really cool that we kind of like got to open for them in front of like their crowd uh, yeah which is sure. different yeah. And I mean, hey, listen, I mean, you know, even even if, you know, you're, you're playing to an older cl- crowd that are, you know, that have a little bit different ears. I mean, you know, if you open up, you know, an entire crowd to your band, you know, uh, somebody's going to be like, man, like, you know, like Pacific fucking ripped, you know, like I, I, I love it. So, you know, that's just the great thing about playing to different audiences is just you're, you're now opening ears to your style of music. And, uh, you know, if you get fans out of it, people that are looking to buy merch or your records, it's awesome. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's what we were saying. We're, we're just like, maybe if 10 people uh, come out of this, uh, a fan of us and then check us out, you know, it's like it's a, it's a bonus. Right. So Yeah, absolutely, man. For sure. Well, like being the older guy at the shows now, that is how I discover a lot of the, the new bands that I listen to is, you know, I'll see like a tour bill be announced and I'll be like, oh, I definitely want to go check them out. And then I check out all the other bands and you know, I can't even tell you how many bands this past couple of years I've discovered because of that. Yeah, fair enough. That, I mean, that's that's great. That's how it should work, right? So uh, other than that, it's like Spotify, I guess, is, is the other way just from like playlists and stuff. But I know uh, not everyone is, is of that uh, mindset where they're always on Spotify searching for random stuff. So Well, um, yeah, especially like older guys, you kind of get in your in your like in your lane, I guess you would say. And yeah. you're, you're not always so receptive to, to new music. So 
you know, it, it's definitely harder. And, and I don't want to sound like a grandpa, but, you know, I'm in my, <laughs> you know, early 30s. And I feel like, you know, the music scene has changed a lot since, you know, I was in high school going to shows every weekend. Yeah, no, I, I totally feel you. I'm like, I'm the same way. Uh, it takes a, a lot for me to, to get into a new band or, or to like give something a chance when that's, it's like a, a bad mindset to be in, but I, I totally agree. Like, it's just, it's hard when you're older and you're just like, I have my, the things I like and I can always go listen to them. So I just like stick with that or just, I listen to podcasts. Cause I guess that's an older guy thing too. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Or you can listen <laughs> to a podcast that talks about music as well, aka Hard yeah, Breakdown. Go, right? Yes. <laughs> Shout and, out. <laughs> and, and you know what the you know what the thing is that that's really saved saved me and, and exposed me to a lot of new music. Talking about Spotify, is uh is the release radar. Like I don't know if if, if you've ever kind of clicked on there, but like what they do is they take the music that like you've listened to, and they will like essentially make a playlist of music that's coming out like. Friday, because you know, new releases are Fridays, and they'll make yeah. a list of like all of this music that's coming out, and a lot of it is like stuff that, like I've never heard of, but like you know, if let's say like I spent, you know, the day listening to Pup, they're gonna be like, oh, you know, here's a band like Pup that just comes out with a new song, and I'm like, oh, cool, let me listen to it, and then listen to it, and then you can kind of backtrack and go to their record, and then you listen to their whole record, and then boom, all of a sudden, like there's a brand new band that you love, so. Um, I think that Spotify as a tool for that is is just so awesome. I mean, because that's what I used to do back when I was younger. You know, MySpace and Pure Volume and and you know like compilations. Like I I can't tell you how many bands I found out through like Doghouse Records samplers and Equal Vision Records samplers and like all this nonsense that I got for free in the mail. And I mean, it's it, it was such an awesome thing. It's just the exposure to that kind of music. Um, you just you know create fandom in in such a great way. So. You know, having that at your disposal uh, is is such an awesome tool. Thank God for technology, man. It's such a cool thing. Right? Yeah. So, and like, I didn't even know how in depth that like Spotify was, clearly, because I'm, I'm I might not be using it right, I guess. But uh, for, <laughs> for for our band, yeah, like, um, just getting on playlists, and I'm I'm yeah. sure like getting uh, um, on those types of things is definitely beneficial to us. It it, it makes our plays go way up. So, um, and just like, yeah, it's like word of mouth through. Spotify. Yeah. I remember, yeah, I remember the MySpace days and Pure Volume and all that. Just like oh, yeah. find a random band. But then, like back in the day, like I was so much more receptive to being like, "Oh, this band has like four fans, but I'll yep. still listen to it because it's, exactly. it's exactly it looks right. cool and it sounds cool, right?" But now it's like a little different. But you're like, I should go back to that old attitude because it's way more uh, like being more respect receptive to that stuff is, is good. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, speaking on this topic, I wonder how many people are legit Silverstein fans because of that Victory Records sampler. You know which one I'm talking about, Tom? Oh, yeah. That that was the one that had um, uh, Silverstein and Spittlefield. And it was a Victory Records comp. I think it had the reunion show on it, too. Yeah. Heck yeah, man. I'll I'll never forget that one. And Bayside. Like, uh, yeah, Bayside was on it too. Yeah, man, that was, and like I said, that was just like something labels did that they were like, you know what, we're just gonna like hand out these samplers at Warp Tour, or hand out these samplers at Bamboozle, and then you'd go home, you'd be all dirty and tired, and you'd throw it into your like five disc CD changer that like had lights on it and stuff, and sounded like horse shit, and you'd just be like, oh man, what is this band Circus Survive? I've never never heard of them. That's how I found out about Circus Survive off of an Equal Vision comp. They had like a demo 
of like um, one of the songs from like the first record on it. It was just a demo, I think, of like Act Appalled. Like the record hadn't even come out yet. And I was like, holy crap, this is such a good band. And one other thing that I'll add too is so Pierce the Veil, right? I mean, they're like humongous now, right? So they were in a band before Pierce the Veil called Before Today, who are also on Equal Vision Records. And my first exposure to that band was from the Equal Vision Records comp because they had a song on there. So I found out about Before Today and I was like, oh, I love this guy. And then all of a sudden Pierce the Veil came out with that first record and I was like, oh, this rips too. And uh, I don't think I've listened to like a record since like their first record, but you know, they played a Warped Tour one year and girls were literally running around trying to like grab them like they were the Beatles. And I was like, this is absurd. <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> but but all, all of that just from sending a comp out, you know, it's just like the little things that you don't think are going to are going to really make a difference. They do. You know, so it's awesome. Yeah, totally. I remember like this is funny. I, I totally forgot about this until right now, but I was on the Victory Records like street team thing. Oh, like, probably- man, yeah. <laughs> Probably at like the tail end of that okay. era, you know. But uh, yeah. I remember getting like a day to remember posters sent to my house and and the compilation CDs, and like they told us to like go to the shows in Toronto and, and hand them out. Yeah, and, like and fire I, them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, I was like, I was like fourteen or something. And I was. I remember my mom being like, "What? Like, why are you doing this? Like, <laughs> this is so dumb." And I was like, "Yeah, that's probably true, but I wanted free crap, so." Yeah, you're um, like, Victory Records told me to do this, Mom. You just don't get it. Yeah, right? They totally asked me what to do. So, um, <laughs> And then I, I'm, I'm like the, the shyest person ever. I hope I'm not coming off that way right now. Not at but, all. Not at all. <laughs> but back in the day, especially, um, like trying to hand stuff out to random people on the street when I was like 14 or 15, I was just like terrified. So I, sure. <laughs> I did it like once and I was like, all right, that's that's good for me. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'm not do doing that. this again. Yeah, so, but that's that's hilarious. I totally forgot about that until right now. So, awesome. does it get like super political to try to get on these like bigger playlists and whatnot? Because that's that's totally new to us as well. Uh, you know, I'm not actually sure how it works either. I know, like, we were on there's there's that like pop punk's not dead playlist. I think is like the big one. Um, yeah, that's the one. Yep, that's the one, right? Yeah, yeah. And we we have a, a few songs on there. And I think our, our song Had It Coming was like in the first like five songs for probably a year. Um, but go. I have no I have no idea how or who decides what. Uh, if it's someone at Spotify or if that is I don't know if that's just a, a user created playlist that just got big or not. I have, I have no idea how it works. And I probably should know how it works, but I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah, admit I that I don't. I don't know enough about Spotify to know if they do like pay to play or like any of that kind of stuff where like your label will like pay Spotify to like put you guys on a, a playlist. Like, I don't know if they, that kind of stuff happens. I know a lot of it is user directed. So like you could be right. Pop Punk's not dead. Could have just been like a playlist that like some guy or some girl started and it just has reached so many people because of the good content that's on it. But either way, I mean, as long as you're getting to more listeners, like, who gives a damn how it gets on there, man? As long as you're, as long as you're on there, man, that's the thing that matters. Yeah, exactly, right. And and, and it, yeah, it's definitely helped us a lot. So um, awesome, man. Yeah. So I guess now we can bring this full circle. We we talked a ton about like Pacific. You grew up obviously in Canada. Most people <laughs> obviously gravitate towards hockey, but um, you played goalie your your basically your whole life. I'm assuming. 
Yeah, I think since I was like six or seven, uh, I played goalie. I played in a, a three-on-three tournament where like everyone switched for a game, and then I just played it once. And I was like, I told my dad, I was, I was like, I'm gonna be a goalie now, and he was pissed because you know, way more expensive <laughs> for the equipment and all that. But um, oh yeah, he was yeah he, he was super supportive. My both my parents were like been super supportive in, in anything I do like my whole life. So, um, but they were. Uh, <laughs> They were shocked at first, and uh, I actually stuck with it. So, um, yeah, goalie, goalie my whole life. Sweet. So, like, obviously, growing up playing hockey is completely different than it is here in the States, where I'm assuming even at, like, those very early ages, it was just super competitive. Oh, yeah. Yeah, big time. Um, my my year, uh, the, like, the 93s, um, was I feel like it was like a especially competitive year, um, especially for goalies. There's a ton of goalies that uh, that uh, were really good and, and played and played major junior and stuff um, from our age group. I think it probably had to do with like Cujo being um, the Toronto goalie for like those years when we were young and impressionable, you know. But uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. That might have been why there's so many goalies and people choosing to play goal at that time but yeah definitely competitive um a lot of people play obviously so um the spots on on teams are scarce and uh yeah that was that was my life for, for a long time but being a goalie it's even probably more competitive because you only have two of them on on the ice at a time <laughs> yeah so, yeah exactly. like when you got all these kids that like are getting into the sport because of like Felix Potvin and and then like you said Cujo like like obviously more kids are going to play that position then and then it's just even more impossible and like you know obviously you you could play outdoor hockey but I'm sure even in Canada like ice is super expensive to get on and whatnot yeah I mean yeah it depends where um I don't know maybe I got lucky I guess I don't know I was just like um I played, I don't know how it works in the States, but I played double A for the first few years and then I played triple A, which is like the, the highest level for for like under 16 or like before junior. Um, so I I mean, I played like, the, the, my town was uh, probably like the best, one of the best teams in Ontario. So I played for a team that was like two towns over um, and we were not a great team for a couple of years, but it was uh, like still played in the league, and um, that's kind of how I like got started at the higher level there. Um, and yeah, it's definitely competitive with the with the goalie thing again because there's only two spots. But um, it was like a six days a week kind of thing, like going to practice games and going to goalie training, like on top of it. So looking back, it was like it was a lot. So it was. Uh, it was definitely hard work, but that's kind of why I was in that position, I guess. So, yeah, I don't know. Now, do you remember any of the guys you played against? Like, are any of them playing in the show now? Um, yeah, definitely. Um, Goalie-wise, I think uh, Subban, uh, his, uh, Malcolm, I think. Yep. The goalie, right? Um, he's my age, yep. and he played in the GTHL, which is like the Toronto League. I played in... Um, uh, the OMHA, which is like the just a bit north of Toronto, um, and so we we played each other in tournaments a bunch of times. So we weren't in like the actual same league, but yeah, I played against him. Um, 
I'm sure, you know, Ryan Murphy, he played D uh, for Carolina for a few years. Um, I'm not, not sure if he's playing now, but uh, he was for a few years. Um, uh, Scott Harrington, um, he's another D. Um, yeah, just like a bunch of guys that played in, in the O, in the OHL, and then uh, went on to, to the NHL. Uh, Barkley Goodrow, uh, I think he plays for the Sharks still. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's there's a bunch, but yeah, that's got to be just totally awesome. Like <laughs> all these kids that you were like ten years old playing hockey with, like a lot of them go on to you know have legit careers, whether it be like in it, even like getting drafted in the OHL is such a huge deal, and then also then you know possibly going into like the AHL or even like the ECHL in those leagues, like. Mm-hmm pretty crazy where i can't think of a single kid that i <laughs> played hockey with that did anything yeah yeah it's, it's definitely bizarre to think of it um because I, I remember like being 16 and uh like watching the ohl draft and a lot of my peers um who i, I played with or played against uh were getting drafted and uh that was like <laughs> that was like the time when i was like okay maybe maybe music is the thing because i was on like the short list um so like so there's like a draft eligible um list of, of players and i made that list but i didn't end up getting drafted so um so i kind of was like all right i'll play junior but i'm going to play close to home and i'm going to go to university at the same time um instead of like putting that on hold and trying to make the hockey dream work which i know a lot of my friends did and a lot of them uh like made it and a lot of them had great experiences at school in the states and stuff too so um all good good choices i'm sure but uh yeah it's definitely bizarre um to see people playing in the show uh and still so it's like good for them it's awesome and it, it's got to like so the whole thing works like the ohl draft you're 16 yeah yeah and then like say you get drafted across the country you have to go like live with some random family right isn't that the way it works <laughs> yeah it's like a billet family so I don't think so. I would have only gotten drafted like I don't think you can get drafted in like across the country. I think it's just Ontario, um, and there's a couple of teams from I think like Erie is, is like an American team in the OHL as well. I guess like Connor McDavid um, played on that team, so that's why I know that. But um, it's yeah. So that's kind of one of the things that I was like scared about, you know, being a 16 year old and um, potentially having to move away and live with a random family and like go to a different school and stuff like it sounds awesome to a point but it also sounds like lonely and weird terrifying <laughs> yeah. terrifying man like i mean yeah. like that's crazy like i can't imagine and that's like one of the things about the like the nhl in general it's like you see all of these like world-class players that are getting drafted at 17 18 and i mean like dude you're still a kid like how do you like how do you all of a sudden like just beef up that level of maturity to just be like, okay, well, you know, I, I you know, I, I just finished up my grade 11 and now all of a sudden, like, you know, I'm, I'm putting on this sweater and I'm going to play for, you know, the coyotes in Phoenix, or I'm like going to, you know, San Jose. And I lived in, you know, Toronto my whole life. I mean, it's like, that's gotta be terrifying. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's gotta be awesome. Cause you know, a lot of people dream of doing this all their life, but at the same time, it's gotta be like shit. Like, I'm on my own. That's that's heavy. That's heavy stuff. Yeah, it's definitely heavy. That's like 
I think that's the part that people don't think about a lot, right? Like it is definitely like you're living the dream and yeah. uh, you're hopefully going to make a lot of money playing a, a game basically, mm-hmm. which is yeah, awesome. Exactly. But, yeah. um, uh-huh. but at the same time, yeah, when you're like literally a kid and you're uh, going to move far from home and you've never done that before, I'm sure it's, uh, it's definitely tough for sure. Yeah. And like, I guess, also kind of being like from that like alternative music scene where sometimes you can be labeled as you know kind of an outcast and then like go into like a completely different school or moving you know to a different town and living with a different family like that could be also extremely tough for some someone oh yeah definitely and like funny you say that like i was i always considered myself like a hockey guy right like um but even in in the hockey world like i was kind of the weird kid because i liked hardcore music or you know punk music or whatever and or like i wore like pink nike sbs in the dressing room and people were like what are you wearing they're like whatever like i was like a weird kid for like being i mean what is now normal but you know yeah just not not a hockey bro completely um Mm -hmm. so yeah it's it's funny you say that and like it's yeah so it'd be like especially uh someone like that going to to move away uh from everything they know is definitely uh, a trip for sure yeah are are you familiar with uh max legacy uh the goalie did he play for detroit or no am i thinking of someone so, else he was he was actually uh like i think malcolm suban got hurt during like the vegas run like when they were in the, the oh, cup yeah, finals yeah, yeah, yeah. and they called up Max Legacy from the AHL, but he is like a diehard and like huge Silverstein fan and has like the Silverstein robot on the back of his helmet and everything. Oh, really? That's crazy. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's with uh, the Bruins organization now, but you know, we, we, we always like to joke like how there's such a huge crossover between like hockey fans and the alternative music world, but we don't really see that crossover between like nhl players like they don't really seem to be (laughs) into this kind of music but it was cool to see that max legacy did yeah i think it's definitely like it's a thing but it's definitely rare like i think the majority of hockey bro guys are like country music and like radio rap you know and they're like that's their not i mean not to like say everyone's like that but from what i've experienced like it's mostly it's mostly that and uh or like they're just not into music um other than that kind of stuff so but there's definitely like maybe one or two on every team i'm sure there's a few in in, in the in the nhl that uh like alternative music for sure that, there's there's so many guys that are getting like full like fully covered in tattoos and stuff now it's like being a normal thing um so yeah I'm, but I'm so sure are soccer players <laughs> yeah that's true that's true that's a fair point um yeah i think it's just like high fashion at this point <laughs> that's true yeah because like cal cal clutterbuck you know on the islanders covered head to toe in tattoos and you like you would just look at him and be like oh he definitely likes good music but i'm pretty sure he does not like the kind of music we like <laughs> fair enough yeah that's a good point no it's i think he listens like to like now. i think he listens to like zed and like <laughs> like camilla cabello yeah that's that's what i mean right it's just like top 40 like pop stuff and country is like and i just wonder like how do you like get yourself pumped up 
for like going out there on the ice and like playing 60 minutes. Like oh, we had this discussion a couple of podcasts ago. Um, I, I don't remember who we were talking to, but it was that conversation. It's like, like, how could you not like listen to like hate breed or like, you know, like, like something dirty and nasty, like counterparts or something. And like, and like not want to like check someone into the moon, like, but, and then like all these guys are like sitting there and they're like listening to like techno. And it's like, what is this doing for you, man? Like, is it centering you or is it just like numbing your brain so that like, when you like take a hit from the fourth line, like you just, you're okay. Like, I don't know. I don't get it, but it's just like, I just, but I guess that's just different schools of thought. Like, cause there are people like the three of us, you know, through whom music is just an incredible passion. But I, there are some people that like aren't passionate about music. Like music is just background noise. It's just like stuff to put on the radio to get you through your drive. And it's just like, I can't, like, I can't go toe to toe with those people. Like I can't see that side of it. Like I can't see not like just being massively in love with, with music. So I guess maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's just a means to an end, but it just doesn't like my brain can't process that. Yeah. I've never, I've never understood those people either. It's like, they. I have a friend that like literally says I like, I doesn't like music. I'm like, and you can't even like argue with them. Cause yeah, just... what do you, what do you say to that? Like, <laughs> yeah. like, you, like, Oh, you don't, how do you not? like, you don't like, you don't like music. Like, do you also like, do you not like hamburgers? Do you not like, <laughs> I don't know what everything else that's good in this world. I don't know, man. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. A lot of people think it's background noise, but yeah, I don't know how people get pumped up to, uh, to country music or like the techno yeah, pop music know. before a game. I like, I was just always had my headphones in. Um, like uh, I'd be like listening to like every time I die or something. Yeah. There you go, man. For sure. And then just like take the headphones out and it's like, I don't even know what kind of some country song, uh, Florida Georgia, so, Georgia line or something. I don't know. So uh, forgive me for for not knowing this, just because I'm not great with uh, like America and Canada. But like, how far are Toronto and Buffalo from one another? Is it like kind of far? Uh, it's about it depends like an hour and a half, two hours. Depending That's on not that bad. So like, so I guess in that vein, have you ever been to one of uh, Every Time I Die's like holiday shows in Buffalo that they've done? Yeah, I've been to I've been to like three of them, I think. Um, this is like before they started becoming like the two day extravaganza. Yeah, the whole extravaganza. Yeah, they did it. Uh, they did it this past year, and a bunch of my buddies actually went for uh, for a bachelor party because uh, one of my oh, friends sick. was getting getting married. Is a huge every time I die fan, but um, but yeah. So like I've, I've just heard that like the spectacle just keeps getting bigger and bigger, and I've never been to one, but I figure, you know, I kind of figure that like Toronto and Buffalo were just like a hop skip away from one another i just i didn't know for sure but i didn't want to be dumb and have you be like no nah, man buffalo's like 15 hours away and i'm like oh whatever but um but yeah, yeah. super cool um and um and uh but on that note too like on, on festivals i i uh, just kind of was doing some research you guys played slam dunk uh a couple of years back right yeah we did yeah so so I, i'm just kind of interested so so slam dunk festival for those of you guys who may not know is a big um, like kind of alternative music festival in uh, in Europe. I think it's it's in the UK. Um, and uh, I know we've had Corey from Free Throw on. I know they played Slam Dunk and a bunch of other bands have. But uh, so kind of how was that experience? Like 
you know, how are how are fans across the pond when it comes to your music? Like, how do they uh, how do they like react to you guys? And like, what's the the kind of the vibe over there? Yeah, we we've been there a couple of times, and uh, honestly, Slam Dunk uh, were probably some of my favorite shows like I've ever played of, with any band or anything. Sweet. Um, we so the, it's only two shows now, I think, but there used to be three. Um, so okay. We played three, and um, we. So there was the main stage. I think Enter Shikari was the headliner for that year. And uh, wow. there was, it was basically a main stage 2.0, but it was like the pop punk main stage. So it was Neck Deep was headlining. And okay. the main, um, uh, excuse what we named for, there's a, there's a ton of bands, but um, we were opening like the big pop punk stage. That's so awesome. We weren't, we, yeah, it was cool, but we like we weren't expecting anyone to be there because we were playing at like 1.30 in the afternoon yeah um and so we didn't have any expectations but it turned out that it was only us and like the acoustic stage that were starting at the beginning so we mm -hmm. were like the first band on and everyone was already there so we were oh, like, wow. the only band to, to watch basically um and so there was like three or four thousand people there every day so it was like the craziest shows uh or festival we've probably ever played it was it was, it was insane Sweet, sweet. Yeah, I just want to. So, sometimes you would think like yeah. playing first at a festival would be like they're writing you off, like that's gonna suck for you because like most people might not be in the stands yet, right? And whatnot. But I went to the last Warp tour here in Charlotte, and honestly, the bigger crowds were in the amphitheater for the first band because, like, like you said, some of the other stages weren't going yet, so everyone just went like where there was music and. The biggest, like I said, the biggest crowds were for those opening bands. Yeah, it's it's funny how that works out, and it definitely worked out in our favor uh, for that. We weren't expecting that at all, and uh, it was, yeah, it was crazy. Because um, we were like, oh, it's cool that we're on the big stage, but we're opening, so you know, it might have been better to to play one of the the smaller stages and play later, you know. But yeah, it it definitely worked out for us. Uh, all, all the UK fans are like super appreciative of of bands that come over there so um even when we've toured like we toured with as it is uh and grayscale um over there last year i think and uh all those shows were awesome too all the all the fans out there are uh, uh super nice and, and yeah super appreciative that we, we come over there so uh, i love going over there yeah which is awesome and, and just like real quick like i i do think it's just like super super interesting so like you know how you've got um you know like mainstay bands that are over over in england and over in the uk that like they don't get over to like america much and they're not really like as popular in america but they're like ungodly humongous in the uk like um like like don broco and um uh, like lower than atlantis and like def havana like those bands that are like if they came over to the states like they'd probably pay play to like 200 and 300 cap rooms but when they play these festivals they play to like eight thousand people and it's just yeah. so interesting the um, the difference between like you know like hometown music there and how people are so passionate about it um, and you know how these how American bands just kind of like you know come over but people are super passionate about it because they know that they're not going to have all the opportunities to see them so it is super cool I, I you know I've never been across that way to play music or otherwise but you know I, I can imagine like the the atmosphere must be so cool. Yeah, I mean, even just to go watch, like I would, I would uh, recommend taking a trip over there and uh, 
experiencing that festival. I definitely. Yeah, yeah I'd want to do either. I definitely either want to do Slam Dunk or, or like or or Leeds or something at some point just to kind of say that I got over there and experience it. Mm-hmm. Do yeah. they still have that big one in Australia too? Uh, was that Download? Is that Australia? Soundwave. Soundwave. Yeah, maybe. I think so. Yeah, I I feel like that used to be a big thing, but I haven't really heard much of those because like some of these other festivals are kind of taking over, and it's probably super expensive to get to Australia. <laughs> yeah, probably. And there's gigantic spiders that uh, I I don't want to see. Oh God, no way! <laughs> Not me! Not me at all, dude. All right, so before we end this, um, you know, there's, you know, obviously you're a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, and Tom and I are both New York Islander fans. Yeah. So let's let's bring this back to hockey real quick. There's been a pretty uh, cosmic connection between our two teams ever since uh, Pajama Boy left the Islanders. Kind <laughs> of... Um, <laughs> kind of want to hear your thoughts because we've talked with Shane already from Silverstein. We talked with Dougie from Barons about this, but you know, now that it's a few years removed, are you, you know, are you even thinking about the the two teams or are you kind of happy with how things have turned out? I mean, yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a great player and uh, I'm definitely happy we, we got him. Uh, I, I, I feel I get the the outrage in the beginning. I get it. Because uh, wasn't didn't he like kind of say he was going to stay, and then like you you could have traded him? Is that is that the kind of yeah? He he, t- he told management at the trade deadline that you know he had all intentions of resigning, and we didn't move him at the deadline. Fair. Okay. Yeah. So I, I definitely get the outrage on there. Um, I I think it's like it's been a while now, so it's like. Um, it's probably it's hopefully it's chilled out now um but like yeah i mean he, he he grew up here and he wants to play for his hometown like i would hopefully if i was in the in the other situation i would like understand or i would be understanding of that um i remember he he came out to a couple of our practices back in the day so that like he seems like a good guy i'm sure he wasn't uh purposely doing anything i hope not um but yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I mean, like, it's funny. We, we stayed at, uh, on our last tour in the summer, we stayed at uh, this couple's house who are uh, two older gentlemen um, in, in just outside of New York um, uh, when we were playing there. And they were super nice. Um, they let us stay and everything. And then they added us on Facebook and uh, found out that they're like crazy Islander fans. And they, they comment on like all of the Toronto media's like posts that have anything to do with with him with John Farris and it's so funny because like I didn't I didn't see that side of them at all when we were in person and then it turns out that they're just like keyboard like warrior guys just (laughs) constantly trashing him I'm I'm like it's been like what three years now two years it's just it's just hilarious that I didn't even like get that vibe from that at all because they're so nice but they're just very passionate (laughs) Well, that's the thing. So, like, I I run these Islander meetup groups all over the country. Okay. You know, like, even here in North Carolina, we have a few down in Florida. And, you know, ever since I started it, I started the hashtag only diehards. Because that literally, like, everyone jokes about Islander fans and, like, how we can't fill our building. But, like, 
the 16,000 fans or whatever we may have for our fan for our team are the craziest, most passionate fans you'll ever meet. I believe that, man. I definitely believe yeah. that. And like those two guys that you just were talking about, like <laughs> that sounds exactly like the people that are uh, fans of our team. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, and like they're doing well, right? So they 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 keep like shoving it. But I I got I should see if I can find some of them. But they're yeah, they just constantly are like um, saying how good the Islanders are doing and just like commenting that on the Toronto posts. It's 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 pretty hilarious, but. Um, yeah, just would never have guessed how passionate these two uh, particular guys were, and I'm sure the whole fan base is. Yeah, and you know now now that and we've mentioned this before, but now that like Toronto won the championship in basketball and Kawan Leonard left, like I'm sure the city of Toronto was up and outraged over what his what his decision was. See, I feel like some people were. I don't know. I feel like a lot of people were understanding. Like a, a lot of people were like, he came in, he knew that it was probably only going to be a year and he got the championship and that's what you got him for. Right. So yeah. I feel like, and like, and then he went, he went home to, to play, to play where he grew up. So it's like, yeah, I think a lot of people here were just like respect, man. Like you got the championship, you did your job and then you're going home. So it's like, obviously we'd like him to stay. Um, but like, totally understanding of that so but obviously there's people that are probably uh the opposite and just freaking out over it but the general yeah. uh consensus i think was was still positive and i'm just kind of interested like as far as other like like you know you being from toronto like as far as like other like the blue jays or the raptors like do they get like equal like equal coverage as the leafs or are they like really still taking a back seat to the leafs um I'd say, so the Jays were good for like those three years, like, like I guess like 2015 to 2017. Maybe yeah. they were like, um, so they were, and they're they're always like coverage on on Sportsnet. It's called um, mm-hmm. here, but, uh, but yeah, I think the Leafs are still still uh, the top. But basketball is becoming bigger in in Canada now for sure. So ever since like Drake has been. Um, the like ambassador or whatever it's become like cool to like basketball again so yeah um it's definitely it definitely gets a lot of coverage and and people go like uh like outside of the the acc or scotia bank uh, mm-hmm. rink now um they like they call it like jurassic park and thousands of people stand outside like not even in the arena so it's it's pretty oh crazy. wow that yeah. is crazy yeah and and for the leafs you guys got justin bieber right is that your ambassador i guess so man i don't know if that's the best ambassador but yeah he shows up uh looking cool in his jersey sometimes um but he touched the cup man i feel like that could be a, a curse for you guys oh man i think we're already cursed dude i don't know uh maybe we'll try anything at this point it's been like what 60 years uh, i think i think just canadian hockey like canadian hockey teams in general are just cursed i mean it's been what i think it was 93 when the habs won the cup and that was like the last um canadian team to have won a cup and it's just been like now granted every team that wins the cups are just filled to the brim with canadians anyways but but it's just like it's just like you you know it's almost like a slap in the face to like you know these like 
Canadian franchises, like especially like the Canadians and the Maple Leafs that have been, you know, like part of the original six and, and you know, like to, to not have, have, a, have a cup in the past 26, 27 years is just like crazy to me. But um, but now, you know, with the way the game is and like I remember doing like some research and learning like back in like the 40s and the 50s, like some nonsense where like you couldn't trade in like to teams like that weren't in your like like country i don't know man there was a lot of weird funky rules back in the day but um but i think that that you know just to kind of sum it all together um there was a lot of vitriol that was kind of happening between the the leafs and the islanders and a lot of it you know obviously sparking from you know jt's decision and all this stuff but i think the greatest thing about it is it kind of like lit a fire in the organization to just be like okay so we lost our star but like let's you know instead of you know spitting in the wind let's just go out and be a great team and you know so they they get Lou and they get trots and you know before you know it i mean they're now all of a sudden like one of the better teams in the league so it's like you could be like an angry bastard and like you know be like oh screw you jt like look at us now or you could just be realistic and be like well okay he wasn't the linchpin that we thought he was now with the team built this way, we have a better chance of success than we did when he was on the team. So, you know, you just kind of got to look at it through those kind of rose colored glasses and realize that like, this is where we are. And, you know, it's a couple of years later, like we just, as a fan base, got to let it go and just embrace what we have going on now. Um, the more people that can do that, I think people won't think that we're such jerks anymore, you know? <laughs> yeah. I might, I might help a bit. Eh? Um, but yeah, I mean, you just got to look at it from that perspective, I think, right? At the end of the day, like, players are humans, just yeah. like us, you know? So it's like, I, I, I'll never, I'll never uh, be down on someone for mm-hmm. wanting to go play in their, in their home, in their home city, you know? But, sure. Sure, of course. Um, but yeah, and especially, yeah. like, they're better now. They're, they're like, what are you, like, second place? But, like, I believe they're second as well in, in our division. But uh, you, you guys have, like, like, I think, like, 10 more points than the Leafs at this point so like you, you guys are good now, <laughs> now that you've had uh jt as your captain for a little while how do you like him as your captain i i like him yeah i think like it was it was the big question was whether it was him or austin matthews right and uh i i kind of like a quiet a big quiet um leader that just kind of like leads by example so i definitely dig it he's uh he's a quiet guy but he seems like uh, like a professional, you know, works hard kind of guy. So I, I dig it. Have you had captains like that? Like uh, when you were playing very competitive hockey? Um, yeah, I've had I've had kind of all all sorts. I've had like the the loud, like trying to be funny guy all the time, and I've had um big like a big D man that didn't always play all the time, uh, but was. Like he's a cop now, and he's just like, you know, lays down the law and kind of like got everyone pumped up. So, yeah, I've had I've had a kind of every type. <laughs> and and you do you think that that kind of personality can you know rally the troops like a, you know, like the Mitch Marners and the Austin Matthews and like really take you guys to the next level? I mean, it's it's definitely interesting because it's a super young group, you know, but. Uh, yeah. I think those guys do show respect to the older guys, and especially like like Patrick Marlowe was like uh, Matthews and 
Marner's like second dad basically when he was playing on the Leafs, right? So it's like they definitely have shown that they respect the older players, and I think that they they still like let them have their fun, and especially with the new coach now, they're like letting them play um, without like Babcock's um, kind of like yelling and style of just like we're doing my way or the highway type thing. So um, I think. I think they're good, and I think I think JT is as a captain. I think they, he gets a lot of respect. It, it, it seems so. At least. Are his sticks still breaking like every game? I don't know. I haven't noticed that. Um, oh, dude, what the, when when it, when he was on the Islanders, like no joke. Every overtime, he'd be like in the slot for a game winner. Stick broke. Oh no! Yeah, I, I don't. I haven't noticed that. I, I'm not sure. That's funny though. Yeah, that that's just something I remember, and also him just being a robot. But <laughs> yeah, okay, so you're you're of the of the uh, you you like the the louder, more vocal. No, captain. not necessarily. I I just like some personality. So like, Anders Lee is our new captain, mm-hmm. and like Anders Lee, if you ask like fans of any other fan base, you're gonna be like, who? Like who who is that? Yeah, and and like he he's not like a loud mouth, but he he is. Definitely got way more personality than JT. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, it definitely makes it for more more exciting uh, interviews. At least I know like his interviews like kind of just oh. bare bones and uh, yeah, it's like he memorized the script and he just reads it every time. Yeah, that's like most hockey players, though, right? Yeah, yeah, it kind of is. I mean, it's yeah. you know what you know what I think it is. I think it's just like. Um, Again, like I think a lot of these kids, are, you know, are like young kids that like all they've known since they're like four years old is just like hockey, you know. So like, I I'm sure some some of these like younger guys haven't had the opportunity to develop a personality, um, you know, because they're just, you know, doing six days a week and just constantly on the ice and skating and so I get it, you know, I, I get how how that can be a little a little difficult for for some guys, but. You know, I mean, not everyone could be, you know, um, you know, Sidney Crosby, Mister Mister America, you know, Mister America from from Canada. Yeah. But um, but you know, I mean, so that's that's kind of that's that's kind of the whole the whole milieu there. So um, I I do want to just kind of wrap this up real quick, just because we we've been chatting uh for uh, for probably about an hour now with uh with with Tay Ewart here. Uh, from like Pacific. So I just have one quick question uh, that I want to get some clarification on. Um, stay pissed. Yeah. And that's my question. Stay pissed is your question. Okay. Um, yeah. Good question. Um, it, is a song, <laughs> it is a song we play at the end of our set. Um, kind of when people are, are showing that they want a little more or if they're, yeah. if it was a good show. Um, it's, kind of a dumb hardcore song that the guys wrote a few years ago and uh yeah it's just for fun it's just like um we play our last song and if people were going crazy it's like all right we'll play this minute long dumb hardcore song and uh i'm not sure how long we will keep doing that but, okay uh, well can, um, is it, I, yeah. that that's what i was asking because i mean like if you listen to like you know like the past couple of records you've put out in your discography and then all of a sudden you 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 pop on stay pissed you're like what what am i listening to here and i mean don't get me wrong man silly as it is it's a dope song i mean it's it's a pump up song for sure so i could see how ending your set would be would would get 
kids are really in the mood for it. But like, that's the kind of song that like NHL players need to be listening to before they pop out on ice. I mean, like, that's just like a minute and a half of just like, just shouting. And like, it's got that like slow down kind of two-steppy breakdown at the end, which is just like, you know, I, I, I can't imagine all the flips kids are doing off of, off of the stage on that man. So, but I just, I just needed to know what it was all about because it's like, if you listen to your, you know, your, your art as a whole, and then like stay pissed just kind of sticks out like a jagged knife. So I thought it was just kind of super cool to know what was up with it, you know? Yeah, that's fair. And like, I'm probably the one guy in the band that like would write an entire record like that. And I would love to, but no one else <laughs> will. So uh, anyone listening, go talk to the other guys. And, and if you want us to be a hardcore band, just go convince them. And then I will gladly do just that. Listen, man. And the best thing is to, if you go start another hardcore band, We'll just have you on the show again and we'll just pretend like you were never on the show and we'll just talk to you for another hour and like, and it'll, it'll be awesome. So, so go get out there and do it. But, uh, um, we're so pumped to, to have you on Tay. It was, it was great getting to chat with you. Um, you know, getting to talk about like Pacific, obviously we're super stoked for you guys and what's coming up in, uh, in the future for y'all. Um, you know, we're, we, we hope you have a, you know, great time out there on the road and, uh, um, see how this all plays out with with the Leafs and the Islanders man because you know it could uh could end up being playoff time again and uh you know we we, we could be looking at some some real serious stuff so I'm kind of hoping we get there oh yeah man well thank you for the kind words thanks for having me on this was uh nerve-wracking for me but uh very fun uh, dude you did an awesome you. job man I'm just <laughs> I'm just telling you like I don't know I don't know if you're thinking that like you were like being shy or whatever you're saying but dude you you're you've been one of our our awesome guests man so trust me man you, you did awesome and we'd love to have you back anytime anytime man please oh yeah man thank you uh yeah anytime and yeah hopefully uh hopefully we get both of our teams can get by one round at least and then maybe play each other um, yeah, that, but uh, yeah you got to get past boston first i feel, I feel yeah, like that's damn. gonna that, be your know. matchup forever yeah it's just like the, that's the curse right there man just boston just game seven boston just our, yep. our nightmares, man. Every time. <laughs> yeah, because then even if you get through that series, you're going to be so tired that, you know, round two is going to be such a struggle. Yeah, yeah, you're right about that, man. Every every time, and it, that's the thing. Like last year, sorry, quickly. <laughs> last year, if we just got through Boston, I feel like it, it, that we had a chance. But just that game seven again, and it's just like, yeah, I, I won't get into Boston. That, that that's the one thing that'll get me riled up. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's all that's all good thank you thank you guys for having me yeah man yeah dude and thank you so much for answering all my questions about ohl and juniors because like that's just something that's so foreign for people in the states like you know we we talked with uh with brad who played collegiate hockey here in the states and it's just like a completely different world yeah it's, so. it's totally different yeah no worries man <laughs> no yeah thank you so like like Tom said, we'd love to have you back whenever you you want, and uh, let's uh, hope that this season keeps going for both of our teams. And uh, excited for Like Pacific in twenty twenty. Hopefully, you guys finally come to Charlotte so I could check you out. Yeah, we we've been a couple times, but hopefully we'll come again. Those shows are actually uh, they've been cool before, so hopefully we'll be back there. All right, man. Thanks again. Yeah, have have a good one, uh, happy New Year, dude. Happy New Year, guys. Thanks for having me. Yep. Have a good one, bud. Thanks. Yeah.
Michael. Devon. Another wow. another gem. Another awesome perspective. Just a lot of fun talking with Tay. So excited to see what Like Pacific has in uh in store for us in 2020. Hopefully we hear some new music from them, a nice tour. Just super pumped and another Pure Noise Records band. Yeah, yeah. Pure Noise, one of our favorite labels. Uh we are currently unsigned podcast too, so Dude, that <laughs> do do podcasts get signed? I know like they have like um like certain websites have their own you know, like yeah, Barstool no. has spit chicklets, but like do record labels have podcasts yet? Who says they couldn't? Yeah. So Jake, if you're listening, mm. we're, we're the hottest unsigned podcast right now. I Jake is a very Jake is the kind of guy who like cause he's so super busy and successful. That I feel like he listens he like listens to podcasts on like times two. He's got two playing at the same time. No, like you know, you could hit like times two and make it go faster, like double speed. Okay. I feel like he listens to it on that, like because he's got so much shit going on. So we're gonna have to talk real slow if we want to talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> so you can tell. Anyways, yeah, we um another pure noise and just a good solid interview. Uh good music, like Pacific. You guys got to check them out, of course, as you should be doing with all of these uh, bands. And there are so many bands that we've interviewed that are like that are uh, touring together now. I know. I saw, that's that's what I love. Yeah. Bearings is playing with. Uh... Oh, boy. I'm just going to have a brain fart in the middle of the podcast. So. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> Well, like uh, Capstan and Belmont are playing together. Um, is it? Oh, Bearings is playing with. Uh, they oh, just. It, geez. They just they, did like a just few holiday shows with a bunch of like uh, Sleep On It. So, like. That's sleep, it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Bearings playing with Sleep On It. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. I apologize. I apologize. I just had a brain for it. Um, yeah. Then they're, they're going to be around in March. But yeah, it's cool to see like the guys um link up like that yeah uh, and uh alex howard mentioned how because of our podcast him and uh a run from uh saves the day have linked up and uh they're, they're like gonna be go watch uh predators games together and shit so super oh. cool yeah i think like this is certainly not an islanders podcast it could be a predators podcast that might be the 2020 Hashtag maybe a Preds podcast, dude. It's like the mecca for dudes that want to kind of take music even a little more serious and like do some of the studio stuff and even get involved with some touring, like for like country artists and stuff. So it seems yeah. like that's where everyone keeps heading once they um, decide on a place to settle down. It's funny to see where Nashville has come, definitely, because it used to just be. Well, I don't know. I could be talking out of my ass here, but it was de it's definitely country music. Um, but I guess Elvis isn't wasn't always country. Elvis is rock and roll, so I don't know. Yeah, Mecca music is definitely for sure, and uh, they have a fun, good hockey club there. I mean, they just they just uh, got rid of their head coach Laviolette, but um, still fun. Still, the culture the culture of that team is 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 great. Um, 
and you'll hear about it in an interview that we just we just banked. You'll probably hear it in about two weeks. I'll go I'll go more in depth in in two weeks. Yeah. So, what do you think about that firing of Peter Peter Laviette? It 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 has um well it's it's in season um which kind of sucks for for head coaches but it it's proven it's been proven in the past in the NHL you fire your head coach um you get immediate results and I guess that just because everyone just kind of feels guilty I don't know what it is but it's you get a boost um definitely and so the in season firing stinks um but. You know, he just he's getting it was getting stale. Uh, window kind of closing, got to reopen it. It almost shades of uh, Tortorella in uh, for the Rangers. You know, not you know not terrible. Would sign up for that type of success for any other team, but just wasn't winning the big ones anymore. And the room changed a lot, and the dynamic changed, and uh, yeah. Uh, you know, you gotta change the voice. I don't think yeah. he's. I don't think he's too pissed because he's still getting paid the remainder of the season. So he's probably gonna play a shit ton of golf and chill out. And there's gonna be five or six teams like busting down his door because <laughs> think about yeah. it. He's gone with three different teams to the to the finals. He's won with Carolina. Like he's a a proven coach. Like yes, he's kind of one of those strong personalities but you know especially when he first gets into a locker room he makes some immediate changes so i think he's not yeah. going to be unemployed too long i think uh he's going directly to newark new jersey i think he's going to be the next devil's head coach all right you heard it here first yeah uh oh wait hold on am i an idiot No, I'm correct. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. They haven't they haven't hired new a new coach yet. Yeah, they haven't hired a new coach yet. Yeah, Hines, which is very funny because okay, that's why I was fucked up because Hines just got just got hired by the Preds. He was fired. Uh, he was fired by the Devils. Yeah, yeah. Which is the yeah he was fired by the Devils this year in December. So I think Laviolette Laviolette's gonna go replace him in Jersey. Um. Just because of the the level of talent Jersey kind of has right now, um, I think it's you know very reminiscent of the um, of the Preds team that Laviolette picked up, and 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 he he can work with that roster, so it, it makes sense. We'll see what happens. Um, yeah. Uh, other than that, just a very 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 metro heavy year this oh, year yeah. it's insane it's insane yep. like you even uh, got like carolina on the outside looking out and then surprisingly columbus is is still right there like you really thought that it was going to be a rebuild for them and they're they're hanging in there yeah i mean it, it's almost the um, it's almost the feeling of like playing with no pressure i guess um you know when you have like that stacked team that columbus decided to put push all their chips on the table last year at the deadline um and put that team together and uh then they lost everyone you know so it's like okay well 
you know, they're going to, you know, they're going to off year. They don't, you, you play a little looser, you know, less is expected of you and might feel a little better, which is good. Uh, Carolina, I'm, um, Carolina is just a, Carolina should, one should be ashamed of themselves that they're not, uh, they're not being the, the Penguins. That that's, that's the, the Penguins have no, no business being in a fucking playoff spot right now. Or at least being in the top three, it no business. Um, yeah, but you but know other now than that, that the, the Hurricanes got Justin Williams back. You know that could spark some. You know, hopefully it doesn't spark some things uh, before Sunday. But having him come back, and I think that they uh, will definitely turn things around. Yeah, I don't. Know. I didn't. Like I didn't love the pop and circumstance of of Justin Williams being uh, being announced as coming back either. Did you see that little music, that little vi- video that the Canes put together? I didn't, but if I was Justin Williams, that's exactly what I would do. Like be able to skip out on training camp and the first half of the season, and then like totally just rest up and then be like, you know what? Yeah, I'll give it one more shot. Yeah, yeah. And selfishly for the good of our team, I hope uh, he has no impact on on that on that team. But other than that, uh, yeah, it's just it's just an absolute Donnybrook at the top of the Metro right now. And um, yeah, it's, it's there's no pull away. I mean, Caps look like they're gonna be able to run to run with this unless you know, barring some major injuries, the Penguins are just never gonna. I guess are never gonna succumb to their injuries that which is crazy and uh yeah i mean it's they're pounding the atlantic right now except for the the lightning are uh, i don't want to say quietly but are quietly on a 10 game win streak oh yeah they're they're uh they're hot right now and uh it kind of also sucks that we we are uh going into tampa early february because they're super hot right now and we got a big meetup crew going out to that game, so that that could be a a tough game for sure. Yeah, I got a pretty stupid brain too because um, I'm going. We're you know we're obviously going to Tampa to check out Amelie and all that stuff, and that's going to be a great time. But uh, like because it's a different month, I'm just in my head. I'm like, we're not even like that is years away. This game, I it's I'm not even preparing myself, and I know what's gonna happen is I'm gonna wake up on a Monday and be like, oh shit, I gotta go to Tampa at the end of this weekend, and I have not prepared. It's gonna happen every time. You're not making every- that drive, right? Because that would be brutal. No, no. Yeah, it's that would flight. that would be a tough one. That's a flight, but it's gonna be fun. But it just. I'm like, oh, it's January 12th. Like, it's basically the first week of January still, you know? No, man, January like, we are by. so February, January, two completely different months to begin <laughs> with. And so we're not even close to, to, to either of them. But, yeah, that's going to be a fun one, man. I'm excited to see you. Excited to see the crew. And uh, I'm super excited for what Kevin, yeah. who runs the Tampa group, has planned. He he uh contacted oh, yeah. this place that it's on Treasure Island and it's oh. it's a beach bar. So oh. Saturday morning at like I think they open at as early as eight AM. 
Yeah. We're I'm throwing a beach party. Isles meet up beach party. It is going to be amazing. Uh, and any excuse for me to, to wear a tank top in February, I'm all in. How are we going to get to it? It's an island. So it's it's the way Tampa is is they have like their their bay actually. <laughs> Oh, is that where it comes from? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. that's where it comes from. So you got you just go over a bridge and it takes you to the other side, and that's where Treasure Island is. So we're drinking all day. Well, you're drinking kombucha all day, but you're we're basically partying all day because then we're gonna go probably to the place across the street, right? Yeah, Harpoon Harry's for the the Uh pregame. So we're having a pregame for the pregame. So if you guys are listening, that'll like probably bookmark that as my last episode of <laughs> far down breakdown ever. i don't know if i'm gonna make it back uh yeah other than that hockey fronts not covered because uh we haven't talked about your little hard work get together good time harry yeah you know it seemed like it was light years away but this sunday we are invading pnc arena arena again and uh we're gonna be over 200 tickets it's gonna be our largest aisles meetups ever um oyster bay breweries slinging down some barn rockers for the crew justin and i are gonna be holding down the tailgate i'll be taking over the music so i don't even have to fight you for that it's just mine no one no one is coming close to the speaker bought a bought a nice tailgate speaker be thrown on the bar down breakdown playlist and uh Made some cornhole boards yesterday with my buddy Connor. They came out sweet. So how involved were you on the making of those boards? So he did all the the heavy work, (laughs) like using tools, because that is, you know, angle grinder, remember? Right. So Yeah, uh, that's why I was asking. So he he did all the the actual putting together the board. I helped with the the taping off and painting and and, uh, laying down the stencil work. Mm, stencil that's good shit but you know well he, he could definitely sell those for like 300 bucks a pop like he they're well made they they look dope mike that's a free ad is what you just did <laughs> i don't understand free why ad for connor huck <laughs> yeah i stop bleep it out this is ridiculous we work hard too and you can't just be throwing out people's information um yeah so Exciting cornhole games will be played. I will not be there because I get the pants beaten off of me every time I go there. It stinks. Um, and yeah, I'm just gonna sit at home, curled up in a ball, and have anxiety about missing out on super good fun times. And I don't know if you saw, but our our buddy Dan went to the the Whaler night the other night. Uh yeah, Dan Brink. Yeah, yeah. Attendance is looking a little shaky. I I, I don't want to, I don't want to jinx it, but it looked a little empty in PNC Arena for Whaler Night. So uh, hopefully we we really have a, a a true invasion on Sunday. Sure, I did notice that as well. Um, on another front, I went to Moshi Soundtrack on Tuesday at the Paramount. Dude, I saw a lot of people were at that show. Big time show. Sell Very out. funny. Very funny. Um, because it was like 
10 year no i guess it would be like the 15 year challenge of every emo kid you ever met at warp tour at that show it was so funny you're just looking around and you're like oh boy yeah we 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 were all old there isn't anybody <laughs> under the age and you're like what like how do you get to the point in your life where you're like you're going to bars and following bar bar bands you know like cover bands and then you look around a situation like that and you're like oh that makes a lot of sense yeah we are we're all similar in our musical tastes and we can't give it up so it's pretty funny um show was amazing played the hit and um pronoun opened and they were pretty good i had never heard of them until that night and the sidekicks opened for them as well and the sidekicks were very good that is uh a streamable band that i will be following up on i thought both uh openers were pretty good and then mcs played the hits and they played tell me that you're all right and everything is all right for the second song which is a wild move considering i thought that would be their um what's it uh, encore at the end yes thank you um yeah but other than that good show dude speaking of encores Didn't so when I went to see the Spill Canvas, they were just yeah. like, all right, these are normally the two songs that we would play for our encore, and like, we're just not going to do it. So like, here's your encore. You don't have to clap and have us come back out. Like, Why? Why, Why do they do that? They're always I kind of like that. No, 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 no. Why, Why do encores still exist? Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I feel like they do, that, that's like an ego thing. A day to no, I don't think so. A day to remember just straight up takes two breaks in the middle of their show. They do one in the or sometimes three, but they never do an encore. They just play fucking straight through. Minimal talking. They don't stop a lot, ever. How do you feel they about that? Right. I kind of like the little banter and talking in between songs. Depends on who it is. Um, yeah, I I feel like. Days like your, um, you know your, uh, Jesus Christ, movements of the world, story so far of the world, like love them. Music's like pretty emo, or I, I don't know. It just it depends on the mood, like or who who the people are. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, so like, like talk, I, but, I do like uh, a little background info on some of the songs that, you know, you, you don't really know why the song was written or whatever. And uh, for example, when I went to see the Juliana Theory, um, Brett stood up there and explained one of his songs and how it was written for one of the characters on Dawson's Creek. Like he just like had like a kind of like, I, I don't want to say obsession, but kind of had like a crush on one of the characters on Dawson's Creek and wrote a song mm. about it. And then right. 25 years later or whatever, now he's an old man married and whatnot. And he does uh, movie scores. And one of the movies that he's doing the score right. scores for has that. So actress in the movie. So like when he goes mm. to the premiere, he's going to be like rubbing elbows with her. And he's like, I'm kind of nervous about this. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, what a pull! I could, I mean, he's got a wife and kids now, probably. But yeah, but that that yeah. was just so funny because that no, show is just I'm... ridiculous. Yeah, 
I feel like a lot of women would love having a song written about them. Yeah. And now it's pointless. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All these years later, it's just she obviously has no clue that that song's written about her. We're not going to talk about Dawson's Creek here. I'm just not going to allow it. I would love to try to watch an episode of that show. All right. Well, that's all the time. Because I'm, have, I'm yeah. actually rewatching Seinfeld, and that is fantastic. Seinfeld and Dawson's Creek is completely different. Oh, yes, completely different. But, I mean, to, to see if there's any part of that show that holds up all these years later, like, Seinfeld is still so relevant, and that show will be relevant forever. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a show about everyday life. So, yeah. makes sense. <laughs> right. No one yeah, does it better so. than Larry David. Oh, it's true. Um, you watch uh, what you want? You watch Curb Your Enthusiasm? I have not, not like every single episode, but I've watched the good chunk for sure. Should I? I wish I could watch more. I gotta find. Can you watch it on anything? I think it's on HBO, uh, like their HBO Go app. <sighs> the whole other so many different pop. apps now, man. It's ridiculous. Not that. Enough with the apps. Yeah. Put it all. I want everything on one thing. That's it. Yep. So, Just make uh, TV on demand. So we we saw that you dropped your your new uh, line of hats with the branded Bills collaboration. Dope. Can't wait to get mine. It's true. Uh, you will not be getting it tomorrow. Uh, today, I apologize. Uh, had to wait a day. Mis miscalculated the the uh, closing of the post office the other day yeah as long as it's there by so. sunday so i can rip it at the game oh next sunday yeah yeah i don't need it today so you meant today no 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 oh, that changes everything mike <laughs> yeah i don't you need it today i was like i'm not doing anything today other than editing this episode and taking down my was, christmas decorations i was very confused when you said you needed it by sunday i'll be honest with you i was like what what for what reason what goes on this sunday that he needs it I thought maybe for Monday, for the Ranger game, you doing a meetup? No, my my bar kind of wants to do them, um, and I might send people to the bar, but I'm not going. Mm, yeah. I'm an early yeah. bird during the week. Yeah, it's a Ranger game. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. All right. Then are at the same. Yeah, good point. All right, Michael, let's wrap it up. Let's put a bow on it. All right, man. I'm I'm so excited for what else we got for 2020. Bardown's going strong. Uh, make sure you're following us on all our social media platforms. Um, definitely going to be more uh, paying close attention to detail on those and just making sure that we put out solid content for you guys. And uh, just excited for this year. Mm-hmm. Let's get it going. All right. Devin, peace be with you, brother. And also with you. Your hands didn't move, neither did mine. New Year's will bring so much to say, but nothing comes out right. Both of us left without words Both of us lost in this world It's softer than ever before
Keeper of these